Hey guys, it's Jesse. A quick note before we start today's episode. Thanks to your listenership and interest, I was given the privilege of writing my first book on the Enneagram recently. It's called How We Relate, Understanding God, Yourself, and Others Through the Enneagram. And I wrote it to be an Enneagram 101 meets the gospel book. If you've read it and you actually liked it, I wanted to ask a quick favor. I need people to go online and leave reviews. Sadly, many folks who dislike the Enneagram have given the book low reviews without ever even having read it. I would be really grateful if you take just a moment to click the link in the show notes and leave a review. Whether you write a review or simply leave a starred review, either will be really helpful so that others can read your real thoughts on how the book can help them build better relationships. So again, you can go to the link in the show notes, click that, leave a review. I'd be really grateful. I would not have been given this opportunity to write this book without your support. So just know that your input continues to be invaluable. Again, you can click the link in the show notes to help me out. That's all. Thanks. Okay, on to the episode. God is in the process of restoring your soul. And a lot of times it's bringing up hard stuff. Sometimes we say, oh, those are just old tapes that are playing. Uh, you know, just move on from that. But the oldies but goodies still keep playing and it brings back memories. And so not to think we can erase those tapes or throw the tapes away or burn them in a pile, but to listen to them again and say, well, God, what do you want to heal in me? What do you want to say about that old memory that still is having a voice? This is a show about self-discovery. About understanding ourselves. About looking into the mirror to see the good. The bad and the unknown of who we are. This is about how we relate to God and everyone else. Brought to you by Relate Better. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Enneacast. Hey, welcome to the Enneacast. I'm Jesse Eubanks. And I'm Lindsay Lewis. Every episode, we walk you through the Enneagram and we help you build better relationships. And today, we are kicking off a brand new series about moving beyond your type. So, why are we doing this series? What is the problem? Here's the deal if you are listening to this episode, you probably know your Enneagram type, you probably know a lot about your patterns, about your ways of thinking, about whether you prefer to process the world emotionally, cognitively, or bodily. But here's the deal. It's just not enough. Mm -hmm. It's not enough in order to live a full life. There is no way around the fact that whatever your type is, it is one tool. Mm -hmm. And one tool is never going to be enough uh, for everything. A hammer, cannot be a drill. And so a lot of us, we are getting to this place in life where we just experience ongoing frustrations and confusion because we can't seem to break out of our patterns of the way that we perceive, process, and present. We know that we need more. We can't figure out how to get there. It's not working anymore. Right. Even when we want to break out of our patterns, we find ourselves approaching the problems that come up with the same limited solutions. And we might try to fine tune them, to use them in a a quote unquote good way versus a bad way. But at the end, like you said, it's just not enough. And 
Here, we especially want to look at how that's affecting us spiritually, that in our relationship with God, it can be very useful for us to understand what type we are, what patterns we tend to use in our life. But we come to a place where we need something more in order to connect with God in a bigger way or a more authentic way. And so if you're here, you know, you're deeply acquainted with your core type, but you're not sure how to move closer to God, you know, you find yourself saying, what's next? And that's what we want to look at in this series. And here's the deal. Like, we're talking about even if you are not even living out of your false self, like if you are literally just living out of your true self and your core type, it still ain't enough. Uh, and so so we're, we're trying to go, how do I move past all of this? We're almost getting at the idea of, you know, there's a whole lot of talk these days about what it means to deconstruct your faith. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the idea of almost like deconstructing your personality. Mm-hmm. I am backing up and reevaluating the way that I'm approaching my relationships and the way that I'm seeing the world and the way that I am, you know, automatically responding with my patterns and I'm reevaluating is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life? Because it ain't working. Yeah, I think that's true in a lot of ways because what we teach with the Enneagram is that these are tools we picked up really early on just out of necessity. You know, we were in this kind of survival mode to get the things we wanted, love, safety, acceptance, freedom. And now that we are, you know, grown to some capacity or another, you know, each of us in a different way, we're able to look at those and say, okay, that served me. You know, we don't have to shame ourselves. And we we will still be our core type at the end of the series. But we are saying, you know, are there times where we can say, you know, thank you, anxiety, you know, for keeping me safe. But right now you're going to sit the bench because I actually could use some of these other tools that would be more effective in my life going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you are just beating your head against the wall and you're just Mm -hmm. going, I feel disillusioned. I feel confused. I feel disoriented. I feel stuck. This is the series for you. And so in other words, all of us, we need to move beyond our Enneagram type. Right. So our hope is that as we work through this series, we will all have more curiosity. You know, how did we get here? How did our neighbor get where they are? More compassion for where we are, where we're going, and that we will begin to flourish in the way that we act and think and feel, and that each of us will be taking step after step to look more like Jesus, because at the end of the day, we truly believe He is the epitome of all nine strengths, Yeah, and that that is the goal, not to be the perfect two, three, four, nine, but that we want to look like the perfect person that is Jesus. Yeah. The Enneagram is just a way of us attempting to quantify the unquantifiable. You Mm -hmm. know, when Jesus talks about the abundant life, he's talking about relational flourishing. Yeah. So our hope is that we can use this tool of the Enneagram to move a little more into that abundant life. Now, when we began to think about this series and plan Mm -hmm. ahead for the series, okay, we want to do this. Lindsay, you actually came across something that was surprising to you, a resource you did not anticipate. Yes. So we have a huge Enneagram library. I think you've purchased almost every book that says Enneagram in it. We have a lot. Yeah. And so I just go to the books and I think, you know, what will work with kind of these ideas that we're tossing around? And Marilyn Vansel, who I'm a huge fan of her book, Self to Lose, Self to Find, she had actually sent you a copy of 
her newer book, Beyond the Enneagram. And just the title was like, okay. And so I, you know, started reading it. And I just was, I literally said in my office, like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is it. This is exactly what we're talking about, written by a person who is much further along in this journey of sanctification and just spiritual understanding than we are. So Mm -hmm. I'm really excited because we were able to have her on the show today as our guest. So what you can anticipate in the upcoming series is that we're going to go through all nine types. And in every episode, we're going to talk about what does it look like for that type to actually move past their type and begin to embrace and recognize ways that they can live in less truncated small ways. And in order for us to move into that, we are going to kick things off with our special guest, Marilyn Vansel. Marilyn Vansel is a spiritual director, Enneagram coach, and the author of the books Self to Lose, Self to Find, as well as her new book, Beyond the Enneagram. She's been helping people grow in their faith and relationships through the Enneagram and Christian spiritual transformation for over 30 years. She is certified as an Enneagram professional in the narrative tradition, and she and her husband live in Spokane, Washington. Welcome back to the show, Marilyn. Ah, thank you so much. It's delightful to be here. It's been a while since we've had you on. You know, yes, we had you uh, on all the way back in, gosh, our second season, which was before me many years ago. Mm. BL before Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, so uh, before we launch into your book and into the the content of your book, and uh, you know, we're going to talk about beyond the Enneagram. Would you tell us a little bit about? how you got started with the Enneagram and the journey of finding your type? Yes. Well, a long time ago, back in my late 30s, someone handed my husband, Jeff, these uh, cassette tapes by Richard Rohr called Naming Your Illusions with this really weird symbol on the front of it. And Hmm. I thought, what is this? No, thank you. But he was a, you know, a credible source to receive something from. So Jeff listened to them first and said, oh, I think you'd really like these, Marilyn. You should listen to them. So I did. And identifying both for both of us, identifying our types was immediate. Mm. It was very clear. And what I really, as I look back, what I really appreciated about those, that series, it was pretty simple it didn't get all complicated. It really got to the gist of each, the pattern of each type. And so it was really obvious to both of us, which type we related to and why we, how we didn't relate to each other very well without that understanding. So it was pretty Mm -hmm. clear. And then from then on, I just, it continued to be something important in my life. What I'd go back to, it wasn't like my go-to place. But when I'd be stuck, I would go back to the Enneagram books I had gathered and went, oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's why I'm feeling this way. And it was such a helpful tool. And then I just felt this longing, this calling really to teach it and to bring it out in the Christian community more fully. And that's what inspired me to 
do my training and to write the books that I've written. So you've written about sensing, you know, in this latest book that something significant was missing in the Enneagram teaching. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little more about that? And, you know, what was the journey like and where did it lead you? Mm-hmm. What I felt was missing was the spiritual nature of who we are. And the Enneagram is built around the centers, the heart, head, and gut centers. And I kept thinking, but there's something more about us that we that aren't represented there. And I realized that we have a spiritual nature, that we have a spirit, that God breathed into us a spirit. And it's a part of us that is mysterious. It's hard to describe. But we know it's there. We know that there's something more. And I felt like the Enneagram was missing that piece, even though it was often talked about as a spiritual tool. Mm-hmm. And so I started, in, when I wrote the first book, I went, oh, where could that be represented? And it felt like it fit in the middle mm-hmm. of the symbol of the Enneagram. And so in my second book, I developed that part of it. Like, what is it like to live in the center with God and a more centered life on a spiritual level. And so I really see the second book. It's a spiritual formation book with with placing the Enneagram in the bigger story of our spiritual journey. It's not the be-all, end-all. Obviously, it's very helpful, very insightful. I still value it deeply, but I felt like that was missing in Mm -hmm. where are we going with this instead of oh now i understand myself or i access the my integration and my disintegration those arrows and but where we you know what is really the ultimate goal and i felt it was to be more centered have a more centered spiritual life and the experience of god yeah i really like that because we have experienced quite a bit of negativity around Mm -hmm. the enneagram you know in the last year. And one thing Jesse and I are always talking about is that the Enneagram is just a tool. You know, it's just one tool. We find it has been particularly helpful for us in our spiritual journey. But if it's not helping you on your spiritual journey, there are so many ways to still kind of move to that middle place. And I experienced that with people from older generations that I know who have just been faithfully tuning in to God's spirit, have been growing and changing as their spiritual walk has progressed, that you meet them and it is hard to identify, oh, what type they are. They may mm-hmm. even have a hard time because they they have naturally in their spiritual walk made their way to that middle place. And mm-hmm. so I love that picture of, you know, you're putting the Enneagram in perspective of a whole life, like a whole life journey. And this is a tool that can point you to the place that we're all going, whether we're using the Enneagram or not. Mm -hmm. Yes, well said, Lindsay. Yes, I find that in myself too. I just don't access the Enneagram as much anymore at Mm. my age, but it's still informative to me at those places of challenge or stress and like what's going on here. But hopefully we're all moving to a more balanced. And I think that was, you know, my original, some of my original teachings, learnings about the Enneagram was that we were meant to find that place of balance between our head, heart, and our gut and not just live Mm -hmm. out one or have one be 
you know, totally repressed or not even available to us. And so that sense of wanting balance and looking for balance, but it felt like still there was that fulcrum was missing in the balance mm. of the spiritual life and that God is drawing us toward the center and that we long to be in that center, that center place. We just don't always name it as that. Let's talk a little bit about that. In the book, you've got this model, this concept that you refer to as the drawing. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about that. What is, what is it? What does that look like? Hmm. Well, I called it the drawing because, you know, and I really wrestled with how do I portray the spiritual life? And of course, it's a limited model, like the Enneagram is a limited model. And so it's just my way. It was my way of, of, portraying, looking at the spiritual life and drawing people toward the middle. So I realized that, you know, it is a drawing. I didn't, I want, didn't want to come up with some weird catchy name for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I really wrestled with, what do I call this? And I came up with the drawing because it is a drawing, an actual drawing, but it's also uh, representing that God is drawing us always mm -hmm. toward the center, that we're being drawn like a magnet toward uh, the center, whether we recognize it or respond to that or not. I believe that God is drawing every person toward a more centered life, toward union with God, toward relationship with God, toward a vibrant spiritual life that then informs the rest of our lives. Um, and so, yes, I... It took a while to develop this and to think about it, but it, it you know, it has several concentric circles, and I'd be happy to, you know, supply you with something that people can access on the podcast, an attachment, yeah, <laughs> um, of that, so that people can access it. But really, you know, from my first book, I wrote about that rather than false self, true self. I wrote about the adapted, calling it the adapted self. And our authentic self, our authentic essence, our authentic how God created us from the very beginning to reflect his image. And so it's a movement from the adapted self-living to authentic self-being. And it's represented, I just have these concentric circles that I feel like move us toward the middle or help us describe our journey toward the middle. And that the arrows... Um, I added arrows that point toward the middle rather than just going around the circle and not really landing anywhere. Mm -hmm. One of the things I love, uh, you know, when I saw this diagram in your book is years ago, my wife and I were in counseling and we had gotten to a place where we were just stalled out. We mm -hmm. were just treading water and frankly, like our counselor got more aggressive with us that week than he ever had before to the point that when we left, we were going like, oh my gosh, what just went down? And when we went back the next week, he actually grabbed a marker and he went to a dry erase board. And Marilyn, he actually drew something very akin to this mm. idea. He drew this big circle and he talked about listen, you guys have this big, you know, false self, adapted self where you all are protecting, protecting. And he's like, the only way that I could puncture through that in order to get to the deeper stuff was that I needed to turn up the temperature. And then he drew this inner portion where he's like talking about the true self, but he's also very akin to what you're saying. Like it wasn't just the true self in sort of these 
traditional Enneagram language ways, like he was talking about life with Christ, mm-hmm. like who we are meant to be and the level of intimacy that God desires for us and the, the abundant life. And, and he said, you know, our work as we gather together each week in this room is to help you all move past this place where you're just in this protective, adaptive posture, but you're actually beginning to live out of who Christ intended you to be and that you're experiencing relational flourishing. And that's never going to happen at the outer edges. Mm. It's always going to happen in the mm. center. Mm-hmm. So I really love like coming across, you know, the drawing in your book because it's a, it felt like such a confirmation of mm. this really beautiful content that, you know, this, this important counselor gave me, you know, a decade ago. Wow. Wow. And I, I'm assuming that really sent you on a trajectory that was helpful for your relationship, but also help, helpful for you personally. Absolutely. That was a turning point for you to recognize that. Yeah. And it's something that I've carried with me, that real sense of like, uh, you know, right now, am I putting on this big shell to protect, Mm -hmm. you know, or to keep, Mm -hmm. you know, good things from happening more towards the center. So, uh, so yes, yes to everything that you've said and and the work that you're uh, doing with this drawing. Hmm. Well, stay with us because when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Marilyn Vansel. We'll be right back. wish you could explore the Enneagram with your friends, spouse, or coworker? Do you want help finding your Enneagram type? Do you want to help someone in your life grow in their self-awareness? Save time, overcome your frustrations, and reduce your stress by joining Lindsay and me for an Enneagram workshop this fall. Join an in-person workshop in Louisville, Kentucky, or a virtual workshop from the convenience of your home. Whether you're looking to go through the basics of the Enneagram with a friend or spouse, map your life story, or explore how Enneagram types can thrive together in the workplace, we've got a workshop for you. Join us in person or online this fall as we help you build better relationships. Register for our next workshop by visiting relatebetter.com workshops. Start building better relationships at home, work, and church today by registering now at relatebetter.com slash workshops. Welcome back to the Enneacast. Jesse Eubanks. Lindsay Lewis. So we find that a lot of our listeners, you know, they know their core type and they've already done some work. You know, maybe they've read some books or gone to some weekend studies about understanding their type, you know, trying to be the best version of their type. Mm. But what would you say are the next steps for them to begin a journey away from the adapted self and into the authentic self? Mm. That's a big question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to recognize that your Enneagram type does not define you. It describes a pattern. And to be aware of that pattern is really important and so, so key to our well-being and our being able to move forward is to practice pausing and saying, where am I right now? What do I need? Um, What's going on? Rather than being on autopilot all the time and just reacting and actually learning to pause and to respond. That's just so key is that we pause. 
at some point, even in the you know middle of the day, are also you know, pausing, you know, in more intentional times. So I would say that is kind of an overriding or overarching practice that is important. And to recognize that to move from a bounded set, a sense of yourself like, well, I'm a nine and I do this and I do that and I don't do this and I don't do that. And you're a three and you don't do this and you do that. And, and that's a very bounded set mindset. And to turn toward, just to continue to turn toward God, to turn to receive the invitation of Jesus to come, turn to me, look to me, be with me, and allow the Holy Spirit to inform you about what's going on for you and what's the next step. I mean, one of my favorite questions is, God, what do you want me to know right now? about this situation or about myself. So it really becomes a reflective practice, which is going to be look different for every person. So there's not a formula for that kind of posture towards God, but recognizing where are you faced? Where are you turned? Um, and to recognize it's a centered set, that we're, we're really on a centered set model where there's a center place and that we're moving toward that centered place, not just trying to be our best type nine, but that there's something deeper and more rich and profound that God wants to lead us to. But never forgetting mm -hmm. that, you know, I identify with type nine, that really my essence, my the image of God that I portray or that I is so close to me or so real to me, I should say, is that I'm a peaceful person. So I don't become non-peaceful. I just recognize discernment on when am I going along to get along? When am I maintaining peace? Or when am I really living as my full authentic self as a very peaceful person? Mm -hmm. So it's a really a process of discernment, subtle discernment, because we're mysterious and complex, and there's always something, something speaking to us, and it's a pattern of listening to that and being curious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of something, you know, you talked about just the necessity of pausing, and it reminds me of something that uh, someone told me years ago, which was that the reason that silence and solitude are such a crucial spiritual discipline is because in many ways it is the discipline that all other disciplines are built on mm. because our capacity to be alone and not be alone in like a non-attached, you know, uh, sort of antisocial way, but the capacity to sit and be with God in silence, in reflection, in self-evaluation, like it, it becomes the thing that, you know, that's how we find discernment. It's how it's, mm. that's often when conviction comes up in our heart. Mm. That's also mm -hmm. when gratitude begins to erupt. But like all of that comes from, you know, there's uh, this author, Catherine Price. Um, she wrote this book, uh, How to Break Up with Your Phone. And she talks about your life is what you pay attention to. Mm, and and so, so much of what, so much of what you're talking about, this idea of pausing is saying, what am I paying attention to? What am I paying attention to in, in myself? What am I paying attention to in the world around me? What am I paying attention to with God? And what a hard age we live in though, to do that pausing. Has there ever been an era that offers more distraction? 
you know, than, than and it's, right now. it's available to us 24 seven, right in our pocket or right in our yeah. hand. Why feel the discomfort of boredom and, you know, when, mm-hmm. when we can distract ourselves. Yeah. So true. I am so taken these last couple of years by the availability of God to, of God to speak to us and that we, to take a listening posture and people go, Oh, how do you hear God? You know, there's all that big question, but if we just ask, I'm amazed in my practice as a spiritual director, how God speaks to people. And it has to be the spirit because it didn't come from them or the thought that comes as they, what they share with me. And God does want to speak to us, but we can't listen if we're distracted. We can't Mm -hmm. listen, but to really pause and trust that God has speaks, wants to speak and to have ears to hear. It's really a beautiful thing. And really what we hear from God changes us. What we hear out in the world, you know, might disturb us or inform us or whatever. But when we hear from God, it really is transformative. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, in your book, you talk a little bit about the six stages of the Christian life. Mm. Can you describe briefly those six stages for our listeners? Sure. And that came out of a book, so I don't claim it as my original thought, but it came from a book called The Critical Journey. And I found it was so helpful to me uh, in my personal life to recognize these stages, especially when I hit a certain spot where I was going, what's going on? But I also Mm -hmm. saw it as kind of the Enneagram stages that people go through, too. And so I really, that's partly why I included it in the book is to have Enneagram. How do we, our journey with the Enneagram has similar stages. And so here I'm going back to my book, so I won't forget. (laughs) the stages so the first stage in our life is just the recognition of god at some point in our life we go oh there's a god there's something outside of me and it's a sense of awe and wonder and curiosity and that can be at a very early age or a, a later stage in life so that recognition of god the second stage is the discipleship life where okay if there's a god then i need to i want to learn and so there's this sense of being in a learning posture of gaining, you know, from other people that speak to us from community, a sense of mission and being together with others and recruiting others to believe in God too. And as our, as our life unfolds. And so it's a learning phase and becoming more like Jesus, you know, learning more about Jesus. And the third one is a productive life. Well, how does your faith inform the way you live and the way you raise your family, the way you spend your money, the who the people you are with, how does that inform? How does your, you know, of course I'm thinking of the faith in Jesus here. How does my, how did my faith in Jesus inform my life? And it felt like those productive years, but then stage four is this wall of hitting a wall. Like, I don't know if I believe all this anymore or, you know, maybe, and I, I wrote quickly, but very briefly about deconstruction. That's a big phrase right now. That's a big Mm -hmm. thing right now is deconstruction. And rather than seeing it as deconstruction, maybe it's an invitation from God to say, okay, yes, there's a lots of questions, but we're going to, so stage four is the inner journey. And for those of us who were raised in the evangelical 
path that was never taught, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. like, it's just self-centered and we shouldn't go there, but so it can be very disarming and unsettling. And I think a lot of younger, at least I'm noticing a lot of younger people who were raised by parents like me questioning a lot about Mm -hmm. their faith and how, or what they were taught, but it's an invitation to explore the deeper places of our lives and to ask hard questions and to be open and willing to review what's important to us. So, and it feels like a wall because they, the stages, you know, hit, they hit the wall and it's important to just keep moving through that or face the wall and allow God to help you move through that inner journey because the inner journey is so important. Then stage five can look very similar to what your life was like before, but it has a different flavor to it or a different sense of it, more relaxed, more peaceful, more focused. And so it's called the journey outward. So how did that journey inward now um, inform my journey outward into the world? And the final stage is stage six, which is, you know, the long, long, as you're talking about, Lindsay, people that you meet in their later stages, they lived into that outward journey Mm -hmm. in a way of peace, but just a life of love and peace and without fear. And, you know, that's something for all of us we long for. It's hard, you know, but it takes a long journey to get to be there, the life of love. And we reflect God to the others, to out, out into the world and more at peace with who we are and who God is, even in the midst of all the different things that come our way in life. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's really, really helpful. Um, and, and it seems as though a lot of folks come across the Enneagram or they find it especially helpful when they're getting into that stage four, that wall portion, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I've been doing this thing. It was working. It's not working for me anymore. I can't figure out why it's not working. And so it seems like the wall, the inner journey begins. And it seems like a lot of folks do encounter the Enneagram there. In what way is the Enneagram helpful along this journey? Mm, Well, I think that's, you know, that's so true, Jesse is it becomes such a helpful reference point of, oh, understanding ourselves because in this wall or in this going on the inward journey, it's like we're starting to see parts of ourselves that we don't like, that isn't working, like you said, and it was working, now it's not working. And so the Enneagram can really be a helpful resource of saying, Oh, I kind of that transfer from the adapted self to the authentic self, that movement, I should say, not transfer um, movement and recognizing how we're stuck, why we're stuck. What are our false beliefs that we've come to adapt? We've come to believe we need to be, how we need to act, who, how will we receive love? And all of those start to break down um, as not really real or authentic or feeling like they're helpful anymore. And so the Enneagram can really start us in, point us to in the right direction of Mm -hmm. uh, understanding ourselves, which is really part of that inward journey. Like, Oh, and it's also the, you know, a time when 
the traumas of our lives and the wounds of our lives start to manifest themselves in more overt ways because we can compensate for a long time. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, it's like you said, you know, it's just not working. And I'm still, you know, why am I doing this? It's not my parents' fault anymore. <laughs> you know, or I could keep saying it's my parents' fault, but I have to take responsibility for why is, why am I stuck here? And why, what's going on? And then those wounds become more obvious. And that's where God also invites us to healing, to restoration of our souls. It's crazy to me that you included the critical journey stages in your book because I told you how, you know, I found your book at just, you know, an unexpected right moment. Mm. And over the last few years, that book has come up into my life, Mm. I mean, probably quarterly, where my father-in-law in a time of suffering that I was in and, you know, disillusionment with my faith, my father-in-law just... He's a spiritual director. He's a very wise, caring person. And he, I, I think I even said, like, I just feel like I'm banging my head against the wall. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, you know, when you get to that place, you think the wall is the end. Like, oh, I've come to the end of where Christianity ends. And it's, and you turn back and you go back to like, I guess it's just more doing good works, more mm-hmm. learning facts. Mm-hmm. And he said, but when you're at the wall, you're actually leaning your head against the heart of Christ and that you're nearer, you know, than you've ever been in these stages before, you know, you're nearer to that stage six place, but that it's the um, dismantling the wall, you know, is kind of this final pilgrim's progress, you know, the last journey, the last, not the last, but you know what I mean? The Mm -hmm. big, Mm -hmm. um, a big moment where we decide to get our fingernails dirty and we're going to really dig in and we're going to try to get through this wall And on the other side is that heart of Christ. And so it was amazing to me that he just told me that. And then I, a year later, I was like, where was that even from? And he gave me the book and I've been slowly reading it. You know, it's very dense. Yes, it is. They referenced it at this conference I was at. I was like, oh my gosh, there it is again. Then I picked up your book. It's like, there it is again. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. God works like that Mm -hmm. where he's like, this is the message that I am giving you. And I just love that you included that in there, especially since so many of us, I mean, all of us on this podcast are doing it with the Enneagram as well, like Mm -hmm. with us on the journey. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to encourage you Mm -hmm. and thank you for including that, because for me, it was a little a God moment of I'm still teaching you this point. You know, you're still there. Mm -hmm. Well, stay with us because we have a few more concluding thoughts about moving beyond your type in our conversation with Marilyn Vansel, and we will be asking her a few say more questions. We'll be right back. Do you ever wish there was a fun and inviting way to get the people around you to connect with each other? Do you wanna make date nights, dinner tables, or social gatherings less awkward and more engaging? Get Relate Better Say More conversation cards, perfect for couples, friends, families, and coworkers, Say More has a hundred questions that can be used in person or virtually to kickstart appealing discussions. Now, for the first time ever, you can pick up your free digital deck of Say More cards by visiting relatebetter.com slash say more. Looking for more than just a digital copy? Pick up a physical copy of our professional grade Say More cards to use at the dinner table, a party, on a road trip, or at the office. Again, visit relatebetter.com slash say more 
to pick up your free digital deck or your high-quality physical deck now. See where one good question can take you. Better relationships are just a question away. Welcome back to the IndyCast, Jesse Eubanks. Lindsay Lewis. You know, we've got a couple more questions that we're going to talk about, but I want to, I think, just acknowledge this is like, if someone's listening to this right now and they are really excited for this series, I think fundamentally the people that are going to be the most excited are folks that are at this crossroads moment, mm-hmm. this moment in which they really do feel like it's worked for me and it's not working anymore. Yeah. You know, whether that is something's going on in friendships, whether that's stuff in marriage, whether that's vocational, whether that is a vision for life, you know, whatever it is, there's a sense in which, gosh, the Enneagram helped me map a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. was lost on me. But now, like, where the heck do I go from here? Like, mm. And it does feel like we are presented with two choices. And choice one is go back and do your Enneagram stuff, but just do it better. Mm-hmm. Do it bigger than you've ever done it before. And we see people do that and they kind of become disasters in like <laughs> you know the back half of life because it's not enough to be a little peaceful. I'm going to be like, the most peaceful person ever, mm-hmm. which is like checked out or, or mm-hmm. whatever. And the, or the other option is, you know, Marilyn, what your book is getting at is this idea of let's choose different. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I just want to recognize, like, if you're listening to this and you're at that place where you're going, like, I don't know what to do. You do have choice, like, and it's not the end, you know, and as, as Lindsay just talked about, like, God still has so much in store for you ahead. Mm-hmm. And, and even though this in so many ways does feel like such a, a moment of hardship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so much a part of that is disillusionment, um, mm-hmm. disappointment. This didn't work, you know, and kind of throwing out their background and saying, well, that didn't work. And so mm-hmm. I'm mad at it. I'm mad about that rather than saying, okay, that was a season in my life. God used it. There's foundations there, but God is inviting us to a bigger picture, a bigger landscape, a wider perspective than we even can imagine. That's kind of a downfall or, you know, of my image, the drawing is that it feels like it's going to a narrower place because Mm. it goes from this wide circle down to the middle. And so I thought about arrows going out, uh, you know, but then it got too complicated because really that (laughs) that middle space is union with God, but it's an opening to just more and more, a greater, more spacious, more loving, more centered life that is really what our hearts long for. We really, mm-hmm. and all the questions are that are, that our heart is longing for more, and there is more. It's not just a dead end, like you said, Lindsay, where you just bang it, you know, like that. That's it. It's over. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm done. But to lean into the discomfort, lean into the invitation that God has with hope, even though in the middle it doesn't feel very hopeful. Sometimes it feels dark and confusing, but with hope that God has something beyond this moment, this experience, but there's something in the journey that is important to go through to get to the other side. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I recognized I was on the inward journey, it was such a comfort 
uh, such a relief, like, oh, I have permission to do this, to pursue this and to keep going rather than, as you said, Lindsay, turning back. Okay, I need more quiet time. I need more structure. Mm -hmm. I need more whatever that we relied on in the past and that we have permission to do this inward journey. But there's hope there. Mm, I love that. Well, for our last question, what advice or encouragement would you give to our listeners about moving from a place of self-orientation and self-discovery to a God orientation? Hmm. I think this goes back to uh, my chapter on restoration of the soul and that God is in the process of restoring your soul. But that is hard work and not hard work in our own striving, but it takes to recognize our desire and to give place for our desires for more full and thriving and spacious life, to be willing to go through a process. And a lot of times it's bringing up hard stuff that still speaks to us. It's not just, (laughs) I was thinking about this lately, like sometimes we say, oh, those are just old tapes, you know, speaking of odd, you know, cassette tapes, which (laughs) not everybody knows about, but I think they do. But those are old tapes that are playing, Uh, you know, just move on from that. But the oldies, you know, for my generation, the oldies but goodies still keep playing and people keep hearing Mm. the tune and it brings back memories. And so not to just think we can erase those tapes or throw the tapes away or burn them in a pile, but to listen to them again and say, well, God, what do you want to heal in me? What do you want to say about that old memory that still is having a voice? And to have the courage and the willingness and the honesty, but it's God who is the one who restores us, the one who knows what we need. And, um, but it takes a willingness on our part, an honesty, a curiosity, and willingness to kind of go through some of those dark places to get to the light mm-hmm. on the other side. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and, and you're going, gosh, I'm just in a place where, man, things just feel dark. They feel hard. It feels like fruitless. One of the things that we are getting at over and over again is that that's normal. Mm-hmm. It's a normal part of life to go through those moments and that they are. They're invitations from God for us to know there are other ways of doing and seeing and being that are greater than the way that we have been mm. and that ultimately greater intimacy lies ahead, not mm-hmm. behind, mm-hmm. but it requires going on that journey. And so this whole series that we're about to do, it's going to be about that. It's going to be about what happens when your patterns are not sufficient anymore and mm. how can you begin to uh, to approach life in a way that is not so small and not as predictable, but that your Enneagram type hopefully will actually begin to fade into the background as you begin to embrace more ways of approaching life. Mm. So now it's time for Say More. Mm. 
Okay, so uh, for our final segment, we've pulled five questions from our Say More conversation cards. You can actually pick up your own copy of Say More cards by visiting relatebetter.com. So, Marilyn, we've got five questions for you. Oh, boy, putting me on the spot, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Great. What is the best thing about being your current age? Well, my current age is 72, and the best thing about my current age is a lot of things just have gone, don't matter anymore. Mm. And I love being a grandmother mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. still able to have fun and to be with my grandkids is why we moved to Spokane. So I just delight. And they are ages 21 to six. So we have a variety of ages and relating to mm. them is really a delightful part of life. Mm, that's good. Uh, okay, second question. What is your favorite meal? Well, I just fixed it the other day. It's marinated flank steak, watermelon salad, and really yummy green salad with my homemade dressing. Mm. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's even a bonus right now because I have a garden. So Ooh, having yeah. the greens come out of my garden is really wonderful that is really i can picture it in my mind yeah (laughs) number three what is the best part of your day Mm. my days are all so different actually but really (laughs) and you'll understand why i was late twice in a row to this is i really savor my mornings and the quietness of my mornings Mm. And we, especially in the summertime, when I can just go out on my patio and soak up the sun and become more grounded in how's the rest of the day going to play out. So that's what I was doing at seven this morning is just savoring the quiet, savoring the time, and then getting ready for what the day is. Hmm. What is your favorite family tradition and why? Ah. Well, my favorite family tradition is around Christmas, and I hope my children and grandchildren think this is also a favorite family tradition. But when we got married, Jeff and I have been married almost 51 years, we were given some Christmas stockings made out of felt that had our names on it and had some different things on them, and they were homemade. And so I have made those for every member of our family. Uh That's great. And part of it is I love it when everybody comes over on Christmas and they know that their stocking is up on mm-hmm. our mantle. And we actually built a mantle so that I could hang those stockings up. Mm. And they see their name and they see what I put on their stocking for them. Personally, they're not all the same. And then we have stockings. So I bring those if we're doing Christmas somewhere else. And so for me, it says you all belong here. Mm. And I love you and you Mm. matter. We're part of this bigger whole. So I love that. Mm. I love that. My grandmother made those handmade felt stockings for us Mm. too. And we each had our own little like reindeer. Yeah. Candy cane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Last question. If you were going to make up your own holiday, what would it be called and how would you celebrate? Oh boy. My own holiday. Well, I know I want to celebrate it with my family, my four children and their families. I would call it Mimi and Poppy Day. 
mm-hmm. which is what we call ourselves. And the way I would celebrate would be somehow being out on the water in a circle of kayaks or paddle boards, and we're all there, and we would jump in all at once and laugh and giggle and splash and play. And then somehow, if it was legal, we would set off fireworks Mm. from our boats in a circle. I'm ready to celebrate this holiday. (laughs) (laughs) If that doesn't work, we'd have a game day Mm. outside or inside. I love family games. And the part of it that would be important that everybody would be willing (laughs) <laughs> willing yes. and available. Uh, uh, yes. And the light is not going, oh, mom, please. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it would be a celebration, not of who uh, won or who so lost, great. but just being together. That's good. That's a good holiday. Yeah. Well, Marilyn, thank you so much for mm-hmm. joining us today. And uh, your book is such a gift to people and mm-hmm. the work thank that you, you and your husband are doing in your ministry. And we know that uh, a lot of folks are really going to be benefited by your work and your content. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. If you benefited at all from this podcast, please help us out by leaving a review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Your review will help other people discover our show. Special thanks to our guest today, Marilyn Vansel. Listen, check out her books, Self to Lose, Self to Find, as well as her brand new book, Beyond the Enneagram. You can catch up with her on Instagram at, at Marilyn Vansel, as well as head over to her website, MarilynVansel.com. This show is brought to you by Relate Better. Are you tired of living with relational confusion and frustration? It's time to start enjoying healthy relationships. Get new relational tools through our articles, workshops, books, and video courses to help you build better relationships by visiting relatebetter.com. You can get free resources such as your relationship cheat sheet by heading over to the website. Again, if you're ready to build better relationships, check out relatebetter.com. This episode was written by Lindsay Lewis and myself. Anna Tran is our media director and producer. Kevin Morris is our audio editor. Music for today's episode comes from Lee Rosevere and Murphy DX. I'm Lindsay Lewis. And I'm Jesse Eubanks. Remember, the eye can see everything but itself. Find people to journey with you because you were created for community. <laughs>